Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is the man who won the fan 40-yard dash at the Mizzou Spring Game, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And not joining us tonight because he's dealing with complications from stage six bowel cancer, Brian Goers. Wow, stage six. Yeah. That's two stages above what I knew to exist. Yeah. Leave well, it to Brian. Yeah. He'll find a way. Uh, but we wish him the best. But we've got more important things to worry about than Brian's health. The Mizzou football season really has officially started this week, Colin. No, it hasn't. But they did play a spring game. Yeah, that's right. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it is the first thing we can talk about that looks like and halfway resembles football. Although I will not call it a game. The spring I'd say game. halfway resembles is mm-hmm. probably a good way to put it. Yeah, on uh, Saturday... Missouri played the annual black and gold spring game, and we got to see our first taste of what the 27 Tigers might look like, although we were missing quite a few parts. I think uh, Demaria Crockett, Ish Witter, they didn't play a snap. Um, Hey, fans, do you like football with players that you've never heard of or will never see play again? Then you're going to love the spring game. Well, the price was right. It's uh, free to get in. And uh, several people said, still too rich for my blood. I'm not going to be there. So dozens and dozens of fans came out on a beautiful, beautiful April day to watch. I couldn't ask for better weather. No. I guess Missouri won. Yeah, they've kept their very prestigious winning streak alive for spring games. Yeah, 127-0 in spring games for the Mizzou Tigers, so they should be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Colin, tell me a little bit about, did you have anything that you could take away from this game other than you saw guys in pads and uh, throwing a football around? Not really. I mean... Well, let's turn it off right now. All right, see you guys next time. This has been the Mazzotcast. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, the defense, to me, got pushed around a little bit in the front. I mean, it's hard to say that that's indicative of what's going to happen necessarily i mean who they knows cleaned how, it up a little bit as yeah, time went half, on yeah. but a lily white running back named downing mm-hmm. uh, who we, none of us had ever heard of before nor will we hear of again <laughs> uh, well what full, full tyler hunt on us that's what i was gonna say and uh and had a pretty good game i don't think you'll ever see him near the field again and not that he doesn't have talent i mean but you've got demario crockett um the coaches are absolutely not going to 
to stop throwing Ishwitter out there, despite our many, many protests. <laughs> yeah. And then you got Nate Strong, and uh, they, I think they brought in at least one other running back that I'm the, the name is eluding me. Well, we've got a uh, redshirt freshman named Journey Jones, who I've never seen hide nor hair of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another guy named Ezra something or other, who's yeah. a freshman, who I, you know, if I can pronounce his name, then I but know he's doing good. Something or other is a very long and prestigious uh, football family, sort of like the Mannings. So mm-hmm. what's mother? They're a good group of it's guys. It's good. It's, it's prestigious to have something or other on the squad then. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but Dawson Downing, you can't dispute the fact that he looked good out there yeah, and the yeah. limited opportunity he's mm-hmm. had and probably will have, although who knows, we play Missouri State in our first game and uh, yep. you know, if we don't want Crockett to get hurt in the spring game, I don't know why we want Crockett to get hurt in the uh, Missouri State game. We're going to win by a couple hundred points. I will. I fully expect Crockett to play then. Mm-hmm. It'll be time to pad those SEC stats. Yeah, but I'm hoping that the second half we don't see a lot of him. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll it will be good to have options because even when we have a two-headed beast at running back, which Missouri has done for the last several years, really, mm-hmm. if you think about it, and a lot of teams do, having those sort of third-down options or those you know late blowout game options well, or injuries. just a different look. I mean, there, oh, there's Hunt that wouldn't have got on the field had there been other options. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it's worth mentioning that this is a new coach. I mean, it was Gary Pinkle who would not let the Hunt train loose. Right. Well, that's uh, true. You know, so, you know, like Barry Odom, maybe he's a little bit more open to the idea of um, letting uh, a walk on 19th stringer, you know, get a little tick. Mm-hmm. It's certainly, um, you know, as a short, middling athlete white guy it's always nice to see one of your own Mm -hmm. you know succeed out there (laughs) yeah and he did but don't get me wrong he's much faster and more talented in every single way more attractive yes more intelligent yes sure sure i don't know Mm -hmm. about the intelligence part i'm just gonna guess that he is yeah me too (laughs) and uh but yeah it's always kind of nice you know so yeah so it makes you think i could have done that at that (laughs) age if i just gotten that opportunity having never played football ever in my life yeah that's Keep on believing it. I'm going to because I've never been proven otherwise. And it's the great thing about having never actually played. I can just believe these things. The other name we learned in the spring game, I guess, and then that is something that we do learn from the spring games is, you know, guys that we don't expect to see. We, we kind of get their first taste of a uh, backup quarterback by the name of Jack Lowry, mm-hmm. who uh, threw a couple of real nice passes to Emmanuel Hall for touchdowns. And uh, he had a real nice arm on him. And he had some poise in the pocket. He had Play to step ball. up. And so, you know, the uh, the backup position for Drew Locke, we talk about injuries, you know, it's up for grabs because, you know, we had some departures last year from transfers. And, uh, you know, who that person is going to be behind Drew Locke, it's not like years past where we knew Drew Locke was waiting in the wings for Matty Mock. Yeah, he's he looks, he looks the part. He looked the part in the game. We just actually, before we started recording the show, we watched uh, one of his touchdown throws again before we started. And, uh... <laughs> I, I pointed out to Brennan, I just couldn't help noticing that he threw some, a c- couple of real nice long balls. But when they showed the replay, you could see him really throw it. I mean, he was putting something behind it, really wrenching that ball out there. And I go, Brennan, uh, you know the difference between that guy and Drew Locke? Is Drew Locke, that throw is a flip of the wrist. Mm-hmm. And it, it is. I mean, in, in, if you want a good indication of Drew Locke's arm talent and why, despite him not being a, to this point, you know, a complete sensation in college football, the reason people are so high on him is, and if you took, you know, you take that forty-yard throw and you watch those two individuals throw them simultaneously, one guy's a flip of the wrist, one guy is fucking gutting that ball there as hard as he can get it there, and you know, no one has ever questioned Drew Locke's arm talent. It, but this to me is the year he's got to screw his fucking head on and become 
the new Chase Daniel. Yeah, a lot of people talked in the offseason about what Drew Locke is going to have to do to sort of take it to the next level and become one of those elite quarterbacks in college football. Something people have mentioned that I I don't think is that big of a deal for Drew Locke is the touch, the small touch passes. He's not... He doesn't always bullet it in, you know, from no, 15 he, yards. No, he in. doesn't, but we've all, we've obviously seen that. I remember mm-hmm. what game was it? Um, he didn't play very well against South Carolina, I think. And I remember one of the throws in particular that I was so aggravated with him about was he one of the very elusive, you know, middle of the field little drag routes to a tight end that Missouri seems to be so, you know, allergic to doing. They ran that, and there was Colkin crossing, uh, you know, in a drag route, looking the tight end. And he just fucking whistled a 110-mile-per-hour fastball right at his goddamn head, you know, and it's like— and of course, it didn't result in a catch. And you, Jesus, Drew, there's just no need for that much mustard yeah. on that throw. Granted, he does do that on the occasion. But the bigger problem for Drew Locke, the thing that if he can overcome, I think he can be a fantastic quarterback, is his inability to look at both halves of the field. We saw that time and again last year where he, and I think the court, the coaches had mentioned, alluded to the fact that they'd ask him just to do that because he doesn't seem to have the downfield vision to look at every open receiver and he basically eradicates half of the possible playmakers when he doesn't look at the entire field and if he can be better and more disciplined about getting more field vision then watch out for drew Locke. i think in 2017 well i the the, the i've told you that certainly the excuses will be over he's got a pretty good receiving core the line kept him clean last year uh, we obviously have a thousand yard rusher coming back in Crockett. Uh, Nate Strong looked good at the end of the year. You know, Ish Witter, you know, while probably can't give him praise higher than serviceable, is serviceable. I think you gave him an A rating in the. Well, uh, I gave him an A race, rated on my expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fully expected him to, you know, be terrible, 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 terrible. Yeah. Hot garbage, terrible. Hot, Hot garbage. garbage. And he had a decent year. So, uh, <laughs> so you I don't said know. A. I was. In my defense, I'd smoked a tremendous amount of crack that day. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan Johnson, Mason's back. Um, Jamon Moore. Jamon Moore. Nate Brown is supposed to be back this year. Kendall Blanton, if he comes back from this ankle injury. Emmanuel Hall. Reese, who's not necessarily been a standout from a receiving standpoint, but he's an upperclassman. He's back. You know, I mean, he's got plenty of targets. He's going to have a decent running game. He's had a line that last year played really well. The offense for this football team should not be an issue. Well, and there's talk that uh, there's a freshman tight end who looks very good. Colin, I'm going to read you his last name. His first name's Albert. This last name is spelled O-K-W-E-E-G-B-U-N-A-M. You know, so we're just going to call him O.K. Albert. Yeah, Albert O. Yeah, Albert O is, is you know, we're deep at tight end, which if we abs- if we actually utilize that position, which we talk about year in and year out, you know, could make us even more of a threat on the offense. I don't think there's any reason we can't expect this offense to put up points on anybody last year or this year. Uh, last year, we struggled against teams like LSU and Florida, mm-hmm. but um, you know we we began to click to the point where we were scoring at will on Tennessee. We just couldn't stop them. Yeah, on the News Tribune podcast uh, that Wall Jasper hosts, that you know he was one of the guys that the Tribs uh, beat reporter was talking about. Like, oh, he looked pretty good, and maybe his opportunities were a result of Blanton not being uh, around as much. But he looked good. He's one of the few guys they should you know kind of stood out a little bit. So that's in encouraging like i said the, the offense shouldn't be a problem they should be able to score with anybody they really really should i mean even paul feinbaum of all people who i you know week in and wake out wonder if he even realizes that missouri is in the sec tweeted out yesterday hashtag mizzou is one of two power five teams returning a three thousand yard passer 
a thousand yard rusher and a thousand yard receiver in college football. So even Paul Feinbot, well, in this case, Feinbaum, now this is going to cause me to have to reprogram Paul Feinbot a little bit because this is almost what you'd, I don't know, this, you'd, you'd almost think this is qualifies as some small amount of respect. So I'm going to program a little bit of respect for Missouri into the Paul Feinbot. I don't agree. Well, Never mind. He also tweeted later that there is really no excuse for Mizzou's offense not to be good in 2017, quoting Dave Matter from being on the show. And so uh, I hate to say this out loud, but I'm going to agree with Dave Matter. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a first for everything. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But um, so I I tweeted out from my personal account that, you know, like, is, is Missouri going to become the in vogue sleeper pick for the East? I mean, if Paul Feinbaum is aware that their offense should be good, will it kind of take a little traction? Like, hey, you know, watch out for Missouri. They might be okay this year. But um, I seriously doubt that that really catches on. Yeah, I wouldn't bet on that. I think the, uh, the uh, who do you think is the odds on favorite in the East this year? Is it I Florida? I have no or, idea. I think it has to be either Florida or Georgia. Georgia didn't look that great last year. Florida. The Eason kid is, looks like a decent quarterback, and that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they uh, didn't have a good l- year last year under their uh, first-year head coach. And Florida, you know, the second year with their coach, they managed to pull out the uh, the division. Mm-hmm. I think they are heavy – well, I wouldn't say heavy favorites, but really, I guess it, it's a two – My biggest problem with Florida is quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. I, they, that Del oh, yeah. Rio kid they had was fucking terrible. Yeah. He was hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. garbage. And, uh, I mean, if you give Florida Eason mm-hmm. from Georgia right now, I'd be like – Florida, hands down. Yeah. I mean, I think we can quit talking about Tennessee altogether, though the SEC network and all of the SEC news outlets in the country will not. Yeah. I think um, Joshua Dobbs being gone and um, them just really shitting the bed last year and not having a great recruiting class and the five-star heart talk. I mean, they're just... It's Champions over. of life. Yeah, it's over. Well, the fan base is... But it never started. That's the great part. <laughs> I think the fan base is pretty demoralized as well. You know, South Carolina... They started to come on of late, but mm-hmm. so did we. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd say the the upside for North Carolina is they South got a, Carolina, South Carolina. Well, one of the Carolinas, incorrect, is they've got a young quarterback who looked good. They've got uh, some decent receivers. I mean, like Mizzou. Now, I don't think honestly, and South Carolina fans would probably bemoan this. I don't think they're as talented as, as Mizzou on offense mm-hmm. by anyway. But they are talented on offense, and they like again, just like Georgia, they seem to have a quarterback. So. I mean, if you're building a football team, the quarterback is the best place to start. And that's my biggest apprehension with Florida is I don't know what they have at quarterback, but I know Jack Del Rio's shitbag son is not the answer. Well, and then you got, uh, of course, Vanderbilt and Kentucky, which the last few years everybody's been saying, oh, this looks like the year Kentucky and Vanderbilt are going to uh, make a little waves in the East. And I'm still at the point where it's I'll believe it when I see it. Well, yeah, I, I think part of my aggravation with a lot of the SEC media is they seem to hold that opinion of Mizzou. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, we've showed it to you twice. Right. It's like, so while um, I don't want you to count us among the Alabamas of the conference, you don't get to put us with Kentucky or Vanderbilt either. Mm -hmm. We did have a down year and we put a couple more of those together, then you can put us back in that basket. But right now we are not in that basket until Vanderbilt or Kentucky does what Mizzou does and wins two SEC East championships, then they can start being put in a different basket. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of predictions that we're going to be last in the SEC East again, yeah. last in the SEC overall. And for me, for my take, is if nothing else, we are going to be a better football team. The offense is going to be better because we didn't lose anybody. The defense played so poorly, we can't help but maybe be better there. And we <laughs> and like we still beat Vanderbilt 
last year when we were pretty terrible. So show me what Vanderbilt's done to drastically improve themselves and then tell me why we're going to be worse than Vanderbilt. Well, I remember last year before the season started, an SEC uh, media guy, uh, Barrett Sally, mm-hmm. you know, this young, just gentleman, Brennan. No, oh, he he's an up and comer. Yeah, sure. He was uh, the guy who tweeted out that Mizzou would go over in the SEC East. And um, we did win a game in the SEC, or not the SEC East, the SEC period. We did win a game. We won beat two games, actually. We beat Vanderbilt and Arkansas. Um, so he was proven to be a stupid, stupid, stupid man. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, not to be not to be outdone or disappointed, he ranked the SEC top to bottom. Yeah, and has Missouri squarely at number fourteen behind mm-hmm. out uh, of how many? Out of fourteen. Okay, so behind Vandy, Arkansas, Old Miss, and Kentucky. And the crazy thing here is he's got Kentucky at number ten. Yeah, and Mizzou at number fourteen, and he's got Arkansas and Old Miss behind Kentucky. I just I looked at this and I tweeted out like you know. Skip Bayless is a douchebag who tweets out inflammatory things to get a reaction from people. And Barrett Sally is his spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Because there is no way that anyone who follows football could believe that this list is even close to being accurate. He's got Auburn at number two. He's got Georgia at number three after shitting the bed so hard last year. I'm like, I get it. Georgia should be better this year. But third in the fucking conference? I mean, to me, it's one of two things. Either this guy just doesn't like Mizzou or just absolutely knows nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And I think probably ultimately it's he doesn't know anything about them and has no motivation to learn anything about them. He doesn't know that they have a returning starters. or anything. He doesn't even look at Missouri's, you know. It's, it's called Paul Feinbaum syndrome. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, if this, was, if this was Clay Travis, I'd say, no, this guy's just got a fucking huge chip on his shoulder for Mizzou because he's a fucking right-wing nut job who hates safe spaces. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mizzou had a protest and, two uh, years ago. Two years ago, and, and Clay Travis has a throbbing, vein-popping erection for Mizzou because of it. You know, he just hates, hates, hates us. And so if this was Clay Travis's list, I was like, oh, that guy's just a cocksucker who hates us. Mm-hmm. But this guy I don't think hates us. I just think he doesn't know about Missouri, doesn't care about Missouri. He, they're still in the Big 12, is basically, as far as he's concerned. And so he's like, oh, he's, he's writing down his list. And then he's forgot. Oh shit! There's Mizzou. fourteen teams, Mizzou. right? Well, who, I've who, only who got thirteen missing? here. Yeah, who am I missing? Mm. Oh, Mizzou. That's perfect because that's fourteen's where they belong, right? So I am. By the way, I'm prepared to give this guy an award, Colin. Dude, the week. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I didn't know if we were going to do awards because it's you know not the season, but uh, yeah. Well, we had a football game. Yeah, <laughs> douche uh, of the week is yeah, Barrett Sally. Barrett Sally, congratulations. Yeah, so I'll give it to him. I am pretty excited to see Old Miss suck a big fat cock this year, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hugh Freeze and his stupid cliches. Well, I've got nothing against religion. I got nothing against people who um, are are strong in their faith or what have you. But it's you know he's such a sanctimonious dickbag and mm-hmm. such a rancid hypocrite. Oh, now. Just wears it on his sleeve for attention and well, say, "Look at me, I'm a better person than you because I say the Bible <laughs> things every day." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that are very devout Christians who don't have to throw it in your face every 20 seconds. Yeah, and this is probably this is old cliche. Probably, people have probably heard it, but um, I always heard religion is like a dick. Uh, it's great to have one. It's great to be proud of it until you start trying to jam it down my throat. <laughs> and that's, that's Hugh Freeze in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. But, He's been jamming it down our throat. <laughs> well, what makes it so bad? Like, I don't begrudge anybody their faith. It's the fact that he goes and wears it on his sleeve like this, and then is such a obviously cheating cocksucker you know, who's paying players and doing sh- underhanded shit. It's like, come on, man. And he still runs it out there, rolls it out there. Like, I'm, I didn't know nothing about this. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? Because those text messages they've got, coach, seem to say something different. 
But you, the great part is, is that, you know, whether it's you believe in karma or God, uh, one of the two is going to throw a big fat thunderbolt up his asshole when it comes to N- NCAA sanctions. So that's the Mizzou spring game, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Well, we're, we're turning it around the horn with the SEC. Yeah, we're going to have to go to the break soon. But I did want to mention a couple other things. Tucker McCann had a, like a 45-yard. 47. 47-yard field goal. Uh, Corey Fatoni did Corey Fatoni things. He yeah. pinned him back in the five. And then boned a cheerleader at halftime. Yeah, I'd like to all think so. Yep. And uh, and we'll get into the, some of the, the uh, fan games they have had after the break because, you know, the Tigers did a few things to try to spice up the, the uh, festivities and get mm-hmm. the crowd of dozens really yeah, into sure. it. So we'll get into that after the break. But until then, this is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. And now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazodcast. And we're back, and we were talking about the uh, Mizzou spring game before the break. And as I'd mentioned, Colin, the Tigers tried to mix things up a little bit this year, and they tried to get some fan involvement. The first thing that they did was they had a 40-yard dash with three or four students, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, AC, our, our cornerback, safety, he was about seven yards deep. Yeah, I think they picked him because at least in like high school, said to run like a four two four forty or something like that, which is super duper fast, of right. course. Um, and they pulled a bunch of kids out of the the stands, uh, half the basically half the people were at the game, and uh, had them race. And mm-hmm. they gave I think the kid the, gave the students a seven yard head start. Yeah, that's right. And I think the idea was that he was going to blow them out of the water. And uh, show how quick he was. Mm-hmm. But there was a guy in the end who uh, was a bit of a speedster in his own right. <laughs> yeah. And gave AC all he wanted and I think beat him to the end zone. Yep. If it had been 10 more yards, AC would have got him. Yeah, he was and, catching him. But, and I was really, I didn't see this, you know, in live action. I wasn't at the stadium. So um, I, I just saw the tweets on Twitter about, oh, this kid fucking blew AC's door. Look at this kid, flew super fast. And so... I don't know what I was expecting, but I watched it. I was like, that's not that impressive. He got a seven-yard head start for only 40 yards and managed not to get beat, which I couldn't do, but I was just like, not like he did anything special. No, I just don't think anybody expected yeah. it. Yeah. And then they, yeah. If you saw the, the white kid down the line, the other dude that was out there, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows he's going to beat the girls by 100, 100 years. <laughs> but, but he still hasn't finished yet. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, he did blow his doors off. I think that's what everybody expected. Mm-hmm. They expect the guy on the outside to be able to to win with a seven-yard head start. Well, and that was the highlight of the fan games because they had a uh, field goal kicking competition, and it was it, it pained me to watch it. It was <laughs> so fucking brutal. And I, I'll be Tucker honest. Tucker esque <laughs> Yeah. I have never, ever attempted a field goal or an extra point in my life. Nor have I. But I feel like you give me 10 kicks maybe, mm-hmm. and I would put an ugly duck through the no, upright no, at some point really, from five no. yards back or no. 10 yards back. No. Yeah, just like you said, I would do it. And, no, you wouldn't. And uh, I agree with you. I would. And um, <laughs> anyway, 
these kids didn't even get off the ground. It yeah. looked like me golfing, yeah. frankly. He's yeah. just horrific. And then uh, I don't even remember what the other one was, but it, it was just fucking brutal. Mm. And it just showed you how good the our college athletes are and how abysmal at sports Mizzou students are yeah. in general. I, I was hoping, I guess if Walter Brady was still here, they probably would have had it, but the, um, the skeet shooting competition mm-hmm. at halftime with the students but oh yeah brady specialty yeah but uh since he was not here anymore i guess they decided to scratch that one yeah. off the list yeah i think so uh we talked a lot about the offense in the first part of the show but what are your thoughts about the defense because that's where if mizzou fails again this year to make a bowl it will be because the defense is hot 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 fucking garbage hot, hot, garbage. garbage. i don't know you, you... You certainly didn't see anything this game that made me go, wow, our defense will be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have like a freshman, or maybe he's a redshirt uh, freshman from last year. And, of course, the name is escaping me now, who looks serviceable at uh, defensive back, and we certainly need that. Uh, Shearles, I saw him take several terrible angles in the game, mm-hmm. uh, which he is uh, want to do. And uh, that doesn't fill me with a great deal of hope. But it's hard to say. I mean, Terry Beckner Jr. is not out there. No. You know, Marcel Frazier's out not out there. The Juco transfer, who's supposed to be a pretty good pass rusher, a couple of those guys. I don't, if they were out there, they were sparingly. I mean, there's just not much to glean from all this. And certainly, even if those guys are out there, the defense is not going to set the dogs loose, so to speak, in a spring game. So it's all, it's all hypothetical. You're really not going to know any more after the spring game about our defense than you did before. It's uh, Give me something to go on, something to say. Yeah, we were terrible this year, but we're going to improve. I mean, one thing I think we can take away from the defense is we we confirmed what we had suspected, which is that Barry Odom is sticking with a 4-3 setup mm-hmm. because uh, when he hired his brother, there was some suspicion that maybe he'd revert back to a 3-4, but uh, that does not look like it's going to be the case. No, I mean, if uh, from my standpoint, if we're going to make um, significant improvement this year, it's not going to be personnel-based. It'll probably be scheme-based. I mean, the defense played – markedly better in the last three to four games of the season after they switched back. Now, they still didn't play good, mm-hmm. but uh, they were a much improved team on defense when they went away from the stopgap, read and react. You know, DeMonte Cross DeMonte hog Cross shit. hog shit, yeah. I mean, it was there. I mean, going into the spring, and then we're going to go into the August with that as our scheme, and everybody's going to know it, and everybody's going to run it. People like Terry Beckner and, uh, and Nate Howard, these guys were recruited to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it I don't know. I don't think we're going to be great on defense, but I think we're going to be better than last year. And listen, if the offense is what we think it is, mediocre defense is probably good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's 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 okay to have a mediocre defense. I mean, if, if if we can get to serviceable based on these last two years of defense, serviceable would be a huge improvement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll take serviceable. Well, let's uh, let's. I'm going to ask you about the schedule here a little bit because now that we've seen them play once in April, mm-hmm. um, just to I think what we we've done this before in the past when Brian was with us, but the path the bowl eligibility <laughs> that's what we're really hunting for this year. Well, I think last year I said you know three cupcakes plus South Carolina. Kentucky Vandy, there's your six wins. Six wins is what we should expect. And really, despite the fact the offense is better and the defense hopefully will play serviceably, I think six to seven is probably as optimistic as I could imagine being. Well, let's see who we've got here and see what how realistic that is. And we mentioned our first game is against Missouri State in Columbia. Mm-hmm. Dave Steckel, our old friend, is yep. coaching that squad, and they're a bad football team. Sure are. And so Steck I Steck has not helped that. No, and I think we can say 
pretty easily than September 2nd, we're going to have a W. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> God damn, let's hope so. Well, and then we, we follow that up immediately going into conference play. We play South Carolina at home following that game on September 9th. What do you think we can do against South Carolina? Keep in mind, it's early. The Kinks haven't been worked out. Thoughts? I, we should win that game. I mean, we should have won the game last year. We're a more talented team than South Carolina. And while I don't know as much about South Carolina roster as I probably should, I'm probably pretty Barrett Sally on this, but I mean, I just can't imagine they've got a Drew Luck talented quarterback. They've got Jamon more talented wide receiver, that they've got Terry Beckner talented defensive line, that they've got Demaria Crockett Demaria Crockett at running back, you know, Kendall Blanton talented tied in. I mean, this team has too much talent on it to lose to a team. I mean, at home, yeah, at home, just like South Carolina. And really, this is where, to me, Barry Odom gets a full pass on last season because it's all new. This is where, you know, you become either something good uh, as a coach or you become uh, Butch Jones. It's like, Barry, there's no more excuses here. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You've got talent on both sides of the ball, especially on the offense. You either beat South Carolina or you start down that road to Butch Jones territory Mm -hmm. where despite don't all you? the all the bells and whistles, you just can't coach. No, that's not territory you want to live in. No. Okay, so we, we then play Purdue, which is our Power 5 out-of-conference game. Uh, I know ag- nothing about Purdue. Again at home. They're not any good. Well, then let's say another win. That's three. That's, we're 3-0 and in the young season. 3-0, and, and then we face our uh, di- out-of-division rival in the SEC this year. I guess not rival, but we play Auburn. Again, our fourth straight home game. But Auburn is probably going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, I'd say you'd have to give it to Auburn. I mean, even Auburn's going to be stacked with talent. And they had a down year last year. I would expect at least some bounce back. And like I said, I'm not that bullish on Mizzou. I mean, when I say six or seven wins is my op, you know highest optimism, I, I, doesn't, I don't feel like we can beat Auburn yet. But. So then uh, after the Auburn game, we finally have a road game. We head to Kentucky. We played them in Lexington. Now that's a... That's more of a toss-up than I would like it to be. Kentucky was pretty good last year, and um, most of what I hear about Kentucky is most of that's going to be back this year. So, I mean, another year of seasoning, they could be a pretty good team. I think we should be as good as Kentucky, but they're we're playing there. Let's just we'll say that's an L, two mm-hmm. L's in a row there. Okay, so you got us at three and two. Then we play at Georgia in Athens. I'm going to go with a loss there too, just because. Till this team proves that the defense is good enough. I mean, defense is what you really need on the road to be competitive in my mind. And I just, until this defense shows me that they're going to be competitive, I'm going to say we start out of the gate with three W's and we then we quickly lose three straight. Okay, we head back home to Columbia to get healthy against Idaho. Well, let's hope that's not another Indiana situation with a state that starts with an I because mm-hmm. uh, we're going to get back on the winning track there probably. Let's say that's four and three. Okay, then we head on the road one more time. This is the back end of our home and home series against Connecticut. Well, we better be Connecticut. There's mm-hmm. another win for you. Okay, so now you got us at five and three. Gets a little tougher. We come back home to play Florida. Florida at home. I'm going to say a loss. Florida's coming off an SEC championship. You know, they're going to be talented. Uh, the biggest thing that scares me about Florida more so than Tennessee or Georgia at this point is I believe Florida is well coached. Mm-hmm. So I'll say I'll say Florida. Okay, we stay at home and we play Tennessee. Boy, at us at home against Tennessee, I'm going to say we win. Okay, I mean I just feel like losing a quarterback who's started for as long as Joshua Dobbs has is almost like I feel like losing a head coach in a way. And uh, I don't care about all their fucking so-called talent. I mean they're still coached by Butch Jones. 
you know, and you can't discount that. He is a terrible football coach, and I hope he coaches there forever because he is terrible. And I'll say just based on the Butch Jones factor that we win that football game. All right. So that's that, six wins. That, that's that's bowl time. That's six wins. And then we head to Nashville and we play Vanderbilt on the road. Well, there may be seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I'm too – I mean, I guess that seventh bullish win Well, that's win seven is wins without Kentucky. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then our final game of the year, we go to Arkansas for Thanksgiving Saturday, I guess. Uh, I'm going to say lost just because we're going to – Arkansas. Yeah. They they're due. I mean, we yeah. we really shouldn't have won last year, but but we did. Yeah, and then you know, the basketball team that is so was so bad beat them. I mean, I feel like Arkansas's got to have our number at some point. Eric Beisel may make some sort of wild prediction that sets a fire under us, but I'm mm-hmm. going to say we lose that game. So seven wins. I mean, yeah. that's Brian where he's sitting here and not suffering and battling bravely Terrible, terrible bowel cancer. Mm-hmm. He would probably call me crazy. I'm sure he'd flip that. You say seven and five, he'd say five and seven. I'm just taking a wild guess at it. I think that's fair. I mean, I think probably the best case scenario you can think about with this team is maybe eight and four. Say you get that Kentucky win. Seven is probably an optimistic outlook. Six seems very doable. There's six wins on that Listen, board. Listen, six wins is the low bar for Barry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. It should be the bar every fucking year, at least. Really, if you want to be considered a competitive program, I mean, you should be battling for a bull spot every year in your down years. Like I said, I, it's going to be, everybody says, oh, coach got to have three or four years and blah, blah, blah. And it's, we've had a head coach in Coach Pinkle for so long, it's, it's easy to forget how quickly you can turn on somebody. I could very quickly turn on Barry Odom, and I like Barry Odom, and I, I really want him to succeed, and I think he can succeed, but... If they shit the bed and win less than six games this season and the defense is abysmal and they can't do anything with what looks to be a good offense and a lot of talent off going, he's going to start, like I said, smelling like Butch Jones, Mm -hmm. smelling like self-tanner and a flat top. (laughs) And uh, that's uh, not a good thing. Well, Colin, uh, you're actually in luck because uh, there's a good chance that we're going to have Barry Odom here later on the show. Really? Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Oh, boy. <laughs> so he's going to tell us a little bit about what he thinks about the spring game went and well, what his expectations are. I hope he doesn't for. listen to my, you know, comparing him to Bush Jones. Oh, I don't think you have to worry about him listening to this show. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Um, so there you have it. I think 7-5 and five is a perfectly reasonable, optimistic, reasonable expectation for this team. I think um, if we don't go 6-6, six and six, I'll be wildly disappointed and, frankly, angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I just don't see any way that we can't pull that off. I mean, we were terrible the last two years, and we had a five-win season and a four-win season. We have every reason to expect us to be better now, mm-hmm. and better is six. Yep. So there well, you have it. There's um, the, uh, I think there's the uh, Jim Sterk effect, too. I mean, every since he's come here, everything just seems to be coming up fucking roses. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know what this guy, the guy really doesn't have any direct ties to most of it, you know, the basketball team being the exception, but since he's been here, yeah. everything's coming up Missouri. Yeah. So. So I'll just assume we're going to win 10 games just to make it on the Sterk effect. It's Sturk like the butterfly magic. effect, except there's no Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> yeah, Sterk magic. I have a question for you, Colin. Mm-hmm. Do you think we should award a Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game for the spring game? Sure. All right, well, who are your thoughts? Well, first, my thoughts are is Kirk Farmer's hair is wonderful and mm-hmm. immaculate and deserving of its own award. I saw him in Chipotle the other day, Brennan, mm-hmm. and I nearly petted his hair. Lucky. Oh, I did. I I knew he'd you know he'd be very off put by a, a grown man walking up to him just stroking his curled blonde mane. Right. And so I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Fighting it must that have impulse. been an incredible restraint it, on your part. It really was. I was proud of myself. And uh, goddamn, if you're going to name a player 
based on excellence. His hair is the way to start. It's I mean, granted, he was a terrible quarterback. I oh, want to make yeah, that no very question. clear. I mean, he as a football player, he was terrible. Uh-huh. He was the, the worst. Mm-hmm. But his hair, god damn. Mm-hmm. So it's time. I guess it's time. Yes. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. So who is it going to be? Who represents those golden locks the best? <laughs> Let's go with uh, Whitey McWhiterson, the running back who um, had that had the big big run. Dawson Downing, yeah. I mean, and Emmanuel Hall had a couple of nice uh, uh, touchdown catches from Jack Laurie or whatever the hell his yeah. name is. Uh, so there's a, there's three candidates right there. I, I personally like Whitey McWhiterson because mm-hmm. he's like me. You know, I just I, I see Hunt. myself in him. Tyler Hunt <laughs> two point All right, so uh, Whitey McWhiterson, <laughs> Dawson Downing, you are the April spring game. Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Boy, I really hope he gets some more tick yeah. like in the game. So uh, we can go out and just push this nickname Whitey McWhiterson on Twitter uh-huh. and just really get it trending. You know? <laughs> like, and, the, and, the, and the players in the stadium start chanting, Whitey, Whitey, Whitey. <laughs> that really almost would sound, oh gosh, inflammatory. Yeah. Uh, yeah it has a... <laughs> As racial it could go, tones. It could go wrong. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, choice of words. But I mean, I think for now, I mean, when you see him out on the field, you think, hey, who's that Whitey McWhiterson out there? He's yeah. doing a heck of a job. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to take the time to learn his name. You're just going to mm-hmm. call him Whitey McWhiterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Why would you read the back of his shirt? <laughs> no. There's no reason to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm awful proud of him. I'm glad. He, I mean, obviously, this is the only time he's going to win that award ever in yeah, his entire sure. life. So uh, good so, for him. You know. But yeah, that would be great. He's gonna go. I, he's gonna find out he wins this award, and maybe you can put the golden fleece on if you can find mm-hmm. a profile. Uh, you can find a picture on the website. I mean, he probably doesn't have a picture up. There's probably just an Easter egg where his head is on the roster. Right, <laughs> like a find Twitter picture, account, like a new you Twitter account. You can put account. the golden locks on there. That mm-hmm. would be great. Whitey McWhiterson. Yeah, well, I'm sure if you Google it now, it'll come up. Dawson Downing. Yeah, Dawson Downing. <laughs> Whitey McWhiterson. <laughs> Listen, well, he's listening to Lawrence Welk right now, and he's mm-hmm. you know doing dancing poorly. <laughs> Being super white, wearing mm-hmm. Dockers, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to find anyone win this award, and he's going to be through the roof. <laughs> well, that's those chaps were awful fine to me for giving me that nice award. Whitey McWhiterson tips his cap to you. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I think well, we got this guy pegged. <laughs> Colin, it's been a little while. What do you say we do a little Kansas news? Sounds all right. Well, I was heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Here's our first story for the day. Kansas firefighters rescue cat and owner from tree. Of course. (laughs) Firefighters in Topeka, Kansas, said they responded to a local tree to rescue a climbing cat. Wow, this now that's the shocking part of the story so far is that they're in Kansas and people are in a tree. Yes, and they responded to a tree. So well, yeah, well said. That must be most po- close to the Missouri border. I'm glad you picked up on that. They uh, rescue a climbing cat and the feline's unlucky owner. The Shawnee County Emergency Communications Center said the Topeka Fire Department were dispatched when a call came in Wednesday about a woman who became stuck in a tree while trying to rescue her cat. See, now this is part was confusing to me. I just assumed the owner was stuck in the tree and the cat was trying to rescue her <laughs> yeah well, they were both up there uh firefighters arrived to find the woman and the cat stranded on a branch about 16 feet up in a tree dang they were brought down safely fire department shift commander todd williams said firefighters occasionally are called to perform similar rescues in the area mm-hmm. yep. as you might expect she uh apparently didn't bring a ladder she just went a climbing mm-hmm. 
man accidentally shoots brother and friend while hunting turkey. Well, this guy, I was about to say, that it could be this podcast until they've had the turkey part. Mm-hmm. One man mistakenly shot a friend and his brother while the trio hunted turkey near a southeast wow, Kansas town Christ, of Gerard. Both of them? You got two for one. I guess two birds with one stone, so to speak. Yeah. Um, okay. The hunter immediately realized his mistake after finding a single 12 gauge shot into a wooded area on some leased private land. Yeah, he immediately realized his mistake when he realized, oh, those are people I just shot. (laughs) The man told authorities he didn't see his friend and brother because they were lying down in camouflage behind a fan made of turkey feathers, which looked like a decoy. Mm -hmm. So he thought he was shooting a decoy? Still weird. Yeah. Uh, Instead, he shot humans. Sure. The men were all on the same property, but had gone in different directions and ended up hunting the same turkey. The shotgun pellet struck the friend and the brother in their face and upper bodies. God damn. They walked back to the truck, and the shooter took them to the Gerard Medical Center for help. They were later flown to another hospital for additional treatment. The shooting remains under investigation. Regular season for turkey hunting opened on Wednesday. Hmm. So just your typical Kansas story, shooting friends and family. Olathe, Kansas man, accused of exposing himself, may be tied to other Ludacs. Hmm. An Olathe man, crime wave. Yeah. An Olathe man was arrested one day before his 28th birthday, uh, after he was accused of exposing himself to is that, a woman. Why is that relevant? Mm-hmm, that's a good point. Uh, exposing himself to a woman while driving early Friday on Strange Line Road. Matthew Dallaire was charged in Johnson County with one count of lewd and lascivious behavior. He was later released on his own recognizance. A woman called the Olathe police around 1230 a.m. Friday and said she was driving near Strange Line Road when a man exposed himself to her. Shaking his wiener at her. Dallaire was later arrested in his home. Police are investigating whether he is the same man seen in surveillance photos suspected of exposing himself in January. In that case, police said the man exposed himself to three women and three different Olathe businesses. Dallaire, who turned 28 Saturday, is due in court on Thursday. Well, they hit that they hit that birthday thing twice in the story. They really want us to know that he's almost 28 years old. We at the Mazad cast wish Mr. Dallaire the happiest of 28 birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Congrats to you, sir. Yep. Shaking your dong at people gets you in trouble, though, fella. I'm just going to throw that out there. And finally, struggle to find impartial jury in Kansas sodomy trial. Brendan, it strikes me as strange that who are these people that think getting their dick out and or junk or genitals or whatever acronym you're yeah, I think I'm all, I think I know what you're talking about whatever mm-hmm. what do they expect to happen if some girl's going to be like mhm that sure looks fancy and delicious mm-hmm. I'm yep. going to have me some of that where's my bib You don't need a bib. <laughs> you don't need yeah, a bib to suck anyway, a cock. I just, I just never understand. Do they do this expecting it to lead somewhere, or are they just doing it for the shits and giggles of it? Anyways, huh. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get past that story without bringing that up. Well, it's a question for the ages. <laughs> yeah. um, let's get to some serious All Kansas right. news, Colin. Sure. we got one more story sure. to get through. Struggle to find impartial jury in Kansas sodomy trial. <laughs> a sod- a sodomy case has divided a small Kansas community so deeply that attorneys have had trouble finding impartial jurors, with some seeming to cast blame on the 13-year-old alleged victim. Oh, of course. Well, sodomy is such a, and pedophilia are such staples of Kansas residents. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're the like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Why are we at this courtroom? Why is this man on trial? Any oh, one of us could be guilty of the same <laughs> charge. Hey, if, uh, if you can't fuck a girl in her ass when she's 13 years old in this United States, then maybe I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think that's this is why we had to elect Donald Trump. Because mm -hmm. Americans have the right to do this sort of thing. And Donald Trump wants to fuck his own daughter. And I say, go for it. <laughs> well, anyway, back to that's the story. That's hyperbole, obviously. Yeah. No, I thought, have you been reading my <laughs> No, text I yet? haven't read the, the news yet. Jacob Ewing, age 22, is accused of indecent liberties and aggravated criminal sodomy, and his trial began Monday in Holton, Kansas. During jury selection, potential jurors were skeptical from the outset that the alleged victim's veracity and seemed to be angling to find the girl culpable. If she steps out and she looks like she's 18 years old, that's on her. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's just how I feel about it, one man said during jury selection. So the guy I'm doing an impression of, basically. was spot fucking on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, another wondered why, if the girl could testify, why she couldn't consent to sex with an adult. Yeah. Uh, sound logic there. Mm -hmm. uh, one resident of the area said that many more potential jurors than usual were called in for selection. The whole town square was full of cars yesterday, the resident said. There's never near that many people called Horses at one and time. buggies, basically. Yeah, she says cars, but we all know what she's talking about. Jurors and community members may be taking sides based on the family they know better, one resident said. If you know one family, you're more apt to believe them than if you know the other. Mm -hmm. Real Hatfield and McCoy situation. So the thing is, is I, I guess the point is, is you know, she maybe she was dressed provocatively and she's uh, old enough to speak at trial, so she's fair game for Good old-fashioned butt-fucking. Sodomize away. One man said the victim's father should have supervised his daughter better, and as such, he was leaning towards exonerating Ewing. Wow. Good God. So it's the dad's fault. Yeah. Yeah. Ewing, they really do not want to accuse somebody of sodomy. Ewing was arrested five times from May to early July. Four of those arrests stemmed from rape allegations. Mm -hmm. A now-deleted GoFundMe page entreated donations for Ewing using the hashtag Justice for Jake. Oh, boy. The campaign drew more than $1,500 before its removal. So, let me get this right. This guy has a history of this sort of behavior. Right. And uh, sodomized a 13-year-old. Raped four women. the dad's fault. That's right. It's the 13-year-old father's the, fault. The father of the victim. Yes, mm -hmm. that's correct. Brendan, let's not throw the word victim out there too liberally. I mean, obviously, <laughs> from the story, we don't know. We don't know, apparently. Seven women and five men were ultimately selected from a pool of 142 jurors, and the trial is expected to conclude by Friday. I think he's going to go away free, basically. I do what too, I'm and I hope we, we follow up on the story. <laughs> yeah, I will. Don't worry. This intrepid journalist, I use that word lightly. Yeah, you better. Uh -huh. If you don't want to, the ire of a certain uh, blogger <laughs> on, uh, on, on the interwebs. Yeah, but I'll be following up with that story. Colin, there is one more story I want to tell you about. All right. The Jayhawks had a spring game as well. And mm -hmm. to uh, really, it was a pretty surprising outcome. They lost. Yeah, not really surprising. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Kansas did not get their first one in the year. They somehow managed in front of you know fewer fans than Missouri. And I think there were at least four or five mothers in the stands only to watch Kansas lose. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So anyway, that'll do it. This has been Kansas News. Well, I feel like if there was a way to capitalize the explicit next to the uh, – you know, E next to the podcast mm -hmm. name on iTunes this week would be a good way. To you do should that. be a bold capital yeah. E. Yeah. <laughs> Very bold capital E. Let's put a warning here a good 48 minutes into the show. <laughs> if you don't like strong language, maybe don't listen to this episode. I think the, uh, you know, not just the strong language, maybe some of the content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just not. Well, when you're going to cover Kansas news, you're going to get into some unsavory content. That's just sure frankly are. what's going to happen. You sure are. Colin, why don't we take our final break for the day and then let's talk to Barry Odom, see what he has to say about the season and uh, the April spring game. Fair enough.
Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No, our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. More unsettling than Screech's sex tape, the Mazat cast. All right, and we're back. And for the first time in 2017, I'm joined by football head coach Barry Odom. Thanks for joining us, Barry. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Yeah, uh, it was good to watch the team in action for the yeah. first time. And uh, tell me a little bit about your thoughts on what went on. What are you uh, happy about? And what do you uh, think about needing work for this fall? Oh, hell, we need work everywhere, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress, though. So, I mean, you're talking about the spring, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to work on. We have problems in every facet of the game last year. I mean, the, the defense obviously played poorly. I'm going to try to do something about that. Uh, you know, DeMonte is uh, taking a back seat, which is where he belongs when it comes to defensive scheming. So that's good news for our Missouri Tigers. I mean, uh Obviously, we hope for more out of the receivers. Uh, Jamon Moore, you know, he's a senior. We want him to to kind of take off. I mean, I, I tell you what, he acted like that ball was slicker than cum on a gold tooth last year a lot of times. And, that, uh, and that's got to change. Yeah, I believe you're right, Coach, uh, that he had quite a few drops this year. We didn't really get to see much out of him in the spring game. Uh, do you have any indication that he is going to be able to hang on to that ball a little bit better this year? No, not really. But, you know, we just started. We haven't had much practice. I mean, I just feel like by virtue of him being a little older, uh, he'll be less stupid, and that will help. Well, uh, a year's wisdom can't hurt, I suppose. But uh, tell me about this defense. You mentioned that uh, you've taken over a lot of play calling, and that a lot of people are thinking that if we're going to have any success this year, it's because the defense has improved. Um, what steps are you taking to make sure this 2017 Tiger defense looks better than the 2016? Well, hell, we're just going to set the dogs loose, you know. We're going to let them get after the quarterback and do what we do. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully the back end hold up. I think Hilton looks good back there. Uh, we got some new new D-backs back there. AC, he's good and fast, I mean, at least compared to most students. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we've got some optimism. You know, linebackers are a little less seasoned than you'd like. But, you know, we're, 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 we've got big hopes, big expectations for the boys. We've set, we've set high goals for them, and I think they're – they're uh, you know they're they're taking it in stride and uh, so that's good that's good. Well, coach, tell me a little bit about how you spent your off season. I know it's still kind of off season, but uh, what do you do when football season isn't on? Well, you know we hit the recruiting trail pretty hard. Just grab the old suitcase and the clothes and the old suitcase of, of beer stag that is, and uh, hit the road. Start talking to boys about playing some Mizzou football. Are you a golfer, coach? No, hell, I don't do none of that pansy shit. <laughs> Do you hunt? Well, fuck yeah, I hunt. I mean, Jesus Christ, boy, I mean, I'm a man, ain't I? <laughs> Did you do any of that in the off season? Sure, sure. I killed a 34-point buck, uh, even though it was not deer season, so keep that under your hat. Okay, we won't broadcast that. Kill a coyote or two, uh, you know, whatever. All right. I've shot dogs <laughs> just for target. Well, I mean, people are going to leave them running around the neighborhood like that. They, you know, you kind of have to expect it. I don't know what kind of neighborhood you live in, Coach. 
Oh, it's right in the middle of Columbia. <laughs> so let me get this right. You're shooting dogs in the middle of the city of Columbia? I, am I not supposed to? Is, that, is there a rule against that? Should I not be doing that? Uh, is that I, your saying? I, I'll be honest. I can't tell you that there is a rule. I'm not really up on my city ordinances, so I'm not going to tell you not to. Well, just, I'm not either, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll, I'm just going to keep on doing what Barry do until uh, somebody tells me different. All right, Coach. Well, uh, I appreciate you giving us your thoughts on uh, football and our defense and shooting dogs and everything else. Uh, is there anything else you want to leave us with? Because we might not talk to you until uh, September. Well, I just want to let all the fans out there know that we're uh, we're ready to play football. We're going to make them proud this year. Uh, you know, we, we've got uh, – you know, Michael Porter Jr. now and, and uh, probably his brother, John Tay, and uh, that ought to make for a great football season. Wait a minute, Coach. Uh, those two, uh, they're five-star recruits, obviously, and people are excited about them, but they're basketball yeah, players. Oh, yeah, they're five-star recruits. That's how Barry do. No, 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 Coach. They're, they're basketball players. They're not going to be football players. What? Yeah, they're, they're on the basketball team. Oh, well, uh, you know, we still got a lot of good players, so, you know, come out and see us play. Hey, there you go. Well, all right. Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Coach, but uh, – Somebody's got some explaining to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyways, you boys have a good night. All right. Thanks a lot, Coach. Yeah, no problem. Well, Colin, i got to be honest with you. I'm a little concerned about Coach Odom between not realizing that uh, the Porter brothers – we're going to be on the basketball team and then just his uh, penchant for shooting dogs in his neighborhood. Well, I don't feel like he was shooting dogs like regular. I mean, just target practice. I mean, mm-hmm. not like he's going out hunting dogs at night, Brennan. Well, I mean, I know we don't have, you know, the world's largest listener base, but mm-hmm. I feel like the wrong person hears this and maybe the coach is going to be in a little trouble. Well, I mean. I'll, I'll be honest. You take your team to a bowl game, you can shoot all the dogs you want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Get me to a fucking playoff, you can shoot my dog. Yeah. Absolutely. I, mean, I love my dog, but yeah. please shoot it if you can get to the college yeah. playoffs. Sure. Absolutely. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I will gladly let him shoot your dog. But I, college playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I did detect a bit of disappointment when he didn't, when he realized that the Porter brothers uh, were not going to be on his football team. No, oh, who knows? I mean, they're certainly tall enough to play receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have Jaden Cox too. You know? Sure. So anyway, it's good to hear from the coach. And, uh, so uh, I don't know that there's anything else to talk about. I mean, we talked about football more than we have in weeks and months with the mm-hmm. uh, with all the basketball news going on. I guess there is a little of that. Uh, we're still looking for uh, Tillman and Knox to declare where they're going to go to school, and a lot of people are hopeful that maybe they'll come to Mizzou. And then, of course, yeah, everybody seems pretty convinced that Tillman is coming. I mean, they're mm-hmm. like not even a question anymore. They're going to be disappointed if he doesn't. But mm-hmm. uh, the Knox, everybody's super high on the idea that Knox is coming yeah, too, and I am still super duper uh skeptical of that happening I yeah mean, apparently uh conzo martin is going to visit him in his, his parents house uh, over the weekend mm-hmm. and uh, of course i think he's talking to duke and yeah, he's talking to north day. carolina same and, day you know the, those are not, is also going to be there that day. yeah these are not schools that we usually go up against come out ahead and so uh i'm not counting my chickens on it um but you know people have high hopes well based on the fact that you got roberts and harris and and uh porter and uh possibly jonte Mm-hmm. Well, the news got a little hotter on him today, too. Well, that's kind of my my theory on Jonte is like this basically his old man's telling him, cool your jets. We'll see if we get Tillman and Knox. And if we get those guys, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can go ahead and play your senior year. And if we don't get those guys, suddenly, magically, he's going to decide that it's time to reclassify. Do you think that uh, Jonte talking about the reclassification again has anything to do with suspicion or knowledge maybe that Tillman or Knox aren't Well, coming? I could be completely off base too. It may be him going, hey, Tillman's in and we think we're going to get Knox too. And Jonte's going, I want me some of, I want to be part of that. Yeah. You know, but, we're, the, 
we're going to be the Michigan Fab Five of the 2017s. Yeah. Then it could well be, but one thing I'd heard too is today that Grayson Allen has decided that he's going to play a senior year at Duke, Mm -hmm. which uh, would take one less roster spot or at least one spot on the court away where Knox might be able to play. Yeah, and one of the rumors that I had seen is that like uh, Grayson Allen is not really well liked by his teammates. Shocking. Yeah, he seems like such a a outgoing and nice fella, but uh, in that uh, that actually may work against Duke as far as recruiting Knox. I think that's probably just complete. Uh, gossipy chatter, mm-hmm. but it got, if there's any truth to it at all, good. Yeah. Glad Grayson Allen's coming back. Yeah, me too. So, you know, if uh, if there is any hot hot news uh, in that front, well, I guess we can bring you another program. Uh, we're going to kind of go on ice for a little bit, otherwise, mm-hmm. until, until there's something to talk about. Frankly, I mean, I don't know how Paul Feinbaum does it every day. I, I guess either. I do know how he does it. He talks to complete fucking insane people on yeah. the telephone. Yep, yep. Um, open the lines to the rubes and uh, let, let let the radio magic happen. <laughs> That's right. So, Colin, I guess uh, I will say one last thing. Uh, get on iTunes and give us some more uh, reviews because we have 22 reviews. And I noticed that Feinbaum only has in the 60s. If we could catch the Paul Feinbaum show on iTunes yeah, reviews, all right. that would be something to say. And also, it really does help us get noticed. We've been getting uh, much higher ratings on iTunes, and that's because you guys have been sending in your reviews. So do that for us. And until then, this is the Mazodcast, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Where's my bib? Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.